I'm Joe Nuri, and this is the Graham Sham Podcast Series on Kaya FM. This is the Graham Sham on Kaya, where we go behind the filters of the Graham. I'm Joe Lurie, and today we're speaking to Kaya Dlanga. And I say, if there were more Kaya Dlangas on social media, there'd be no need for the Graham Sham. Hmm. (laughs) As one of the most positive role models out there for the youth, he's been painfully honest about his imperfect and messy journey to success. He places dreams firmly in reach of our youth and is an inspiring example of hustle, hard work, perseverance, and the right kind of impatience paying off. Kaya's timeline may be carefully curated, but it's perfectly balanced with truth-telling and dream-selling. He makes you want his life and then inspires you to go out and get it. Fair? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, up to the observer. You know, Kaya, yes. I started everything in life before you. I came into this world <laughs> a couple of years before you. Mm. I had a head start. Yet here you are <laughs> with three books, <laughs> multiple awards, adoring fans, and somehow I still like you. <laughs> what kind of sorcery is that? What is the Kaya Dlanga magic? Uh, well, um, I was going to say it's because I'm closer, but uh, <laughs> that's the one thing that's going to make people not like me. <laughs> There's uh, some magic. I've, uh, I've said this about you so often. Mm. You know, we started Twitter. We were all like early adopters. Yeah, small family, I remember. We were very small family. Mm. Early adopters. We were like the early, I want to use air quotes and say influencers. Mm. There was an article. We were the Twitter kings and oh Twitter queens word. in Cosmo. Oh, my word. Okay, that was like 10 back. years ago, right? That's so crazy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh <laughs> the rest of us fizzled out. And then you got another 400,000 followers. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Why do I still like you? No, I, you're, you're so weird. I, someone once asked me, and I couldn't answer the question. Like, there was, how, how come you have so many followers? And this was... Um, like quite a few years ago, and and I and I didn't have an answer, and and I think the more I thought about it, I I realized that it, I said I think it's because what I did back then, and I think what I still do now, was to uh, this mindset that a lot of people wanted to be involved into on Twitter and social mm. media, but they they were very afraid because it was the scary dark place, and I figured if I made it easy for people to come in without thinking that they're being involved, they will join. You know, they'll do that. So I'd, I'd ask like a random question like, um, what is a school song? There, there's no, like, you ca- there's no right or wrong answer. I want to say, what is a, what is mm. a school song? And no one's going to take you for it. And the next thing you see yourself, you're responding to something mundane like that. It's not and polarizing. Exactly, it's yeah. so polarizing. And as, uh, you know, I would tackle subject matters like that to make people comfortable in the space. Yet at the same time, mm. you were polarizing. You you know what I think? Yeah. Truthfully, my theory on yeah. it is the rest of us just tried too hard. Mm. I think we were trying too hard and you were just like, like me, don't like me. And that was like, well, then people really liked that. <laughs> I, I really wish I didn't like you. <laughs> so I saw you recently at a memorial service of, I mean, it was really inappropriate, the conversation we had. Because <laughs> the first thing I saw, said to you when I saw you at the memorial service was, I hate you yeah. and your nice life on Instagram. <laughs> like, 
can you please stop going to Coachella? <laughs> <laughs> so when you post these things, because mm. you had just gone on this amazing trip to Coachella yes. with your amazing group of friends and you were living this nice life. When you post these things, I, I mean, are you showing off or is it like... For you, I mean, whether you're in Joburg or you are in California, mm. is it just another day for you and you're going to show it in the same way? Or, I mean, is it the modern day version of showing off? Well, I, maybe. I, I don't have, you know, I, I don't have the answer to that. But I'll never forget this one time. Um, I, was, I was in Dubai. So I posted, I think just before Instagram. So I post this thing on Twitter and picture of me in Dubai and blah, 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 about something about Dubai. And this person says, oh, you're showing off. Uh, and then I said, you know what? The funny thing is, last week I was in rural Eastern Cape and I posted pictures no one said of you where were showing off. I came from and no one said I was showing off. So I'm trying to understand what am I allowed to post and what am I not allowed to post? People audit you, hey? Yeah, no, like, they do. They really do audit your happiness. <laughs> yes. Like what you're allowed to be happy about and what yeah. you're not. But I think for me, like when I, I, I'm also quite aware I think one should be conscious, I think, and aware of the country we live in. And, uh, well, and, and I suppose people can show what they want to show and how they want to show it. I just worry when, you know, everything that you post is this luxurious life and there's brands and all of that, which is completely unattainable for most people. And it, it just makes life for them I don't know, like this dream that they can never reach. It's unattainable. But Kaya, you drive a Jaguar. We all know this. It's a beautiful car. <laughs> but I'm not mad at you. And you know why I'm not mad at no. you. And the reason I'm not mad at you. And yeah. the reason I I brought you in particularly, you didn't participate in the Graham Sham and I never asked you to. And the mm. reason I didn't, I will never be mad at you about this because you have always been so honest about your story. Mm. Everyone knows and Anyone who follows you, follows you because they know your story. Yeah. Everyone knows you were homeless mm. at some point. Everyone knows your story. It's not unattainable because you attained it. Mm. You didn't attain it by nefarious means. You didn't attain it by... I don't know if you slept your way to the top. I, <laughs> this is you have your you know maybe I haven't read your book. Ah, uh, that is funny. The last book yet, so maybe uh, I, I don't know. But like... I it is I attainable. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you, I have read in some of your books that you have slept with some dodgy people. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you got out of it. Uh, but what I'm saying is you can't say it's unattainable mm. to be in your 30s, to drive a Jaguar and to live your life because it happened. Yeah, I, it's it's. I think... As much as I want to say that, yes, it's, it's attainable and it can be done. I'm also very aware of my own privilege because I always talk about the fact that like the village that I came from in the mm -hmm. Eastern Cape was uh, my family, even though maybe someone who came from city and to look at my family, they'd be like, oh, shame, these poor kids. Mm -hmm. You know, you're dirty. You've got a big kwashioko kind of stomach. To, there's levels you know, and to privilege. Yes. Yeah. So whereas for me in my village, I was um, pri more privileged than some other kids. I'll never forget this one day. So I was there in, in, um, in the Eastern Cape and some guy, I'm standing in front of the hut. It's in the morning and this guy walks past and he looks and he says, Kailetu. 
And then it's like, if someone says Kyleto, it's definitely someone who knows me and who grew with, grew up with me. And I said, this guy, it's this guy I went to school with, right, in the Eastern Cape. And he looks like a typical rural man who's grown up in the village. That's literally what he was. And then he says, you, you know, you are very, very fortunate and very lucky that your parents knew the value of an education and the fact that they took you out of this village because you had a, um, because his parents asked him to leave school in Standard 4 and he had to go and look after the family and go work from Standard 4. And <clears throat> and then, whereas for me, I was out there going to this Catholic boarding school, learning to speak English, still in apartheid South Africa. And then after that, the the um you know, Mandela's released. I end up going to this, you know, Hudson Park, really good school. Yes, even, yes, my mother was struggling, you know. Uh, we're living in a two-room house and no electricity and none of that. But I still managed to go to this good school. Mm. And I was in close proximity, you know, to white people. And when you are in proximity to white people, you have a little bit more access. Your English is a little bit better, if your English is a little bit better, and you're a little less threatening. Um, and therefore, certain doors open easier for you than some guy who is in the rural Eastern Cape. So I think I, it's, it's attainable, but there's a, an element of fortune that comes yeah. with it. Look, yeah. there's definitely <clears throat> your story yeah. was not easy. Yeah, It was not... Um, Look, I think it's a great motivational story mm. for the youth. And I like that you've told the whole story mm. um, from beginning to end. And you haven't left out the hard parts of the story. You haven't made it seem glamorous. It, mm. w- it wasn't a glamorous story. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there are parts of that story, you know, I mean, I, I went to AAA. I, I know that it's not easy to do it under the best circumstances. So... It, I feel for you how hard it must have been to do it under hard circumstances. I feel for you, but I cannot even imagine um, that story. So I like that people have a full rounded story to look up to. And I wonder, so when you put out stories like that, do you put them out to share your truth, to motivate people, to inspire people, or just because you it's your narrative and you want to share it? Um, for, it's my story and I really just want to share it. And part of the reason um, I, I tell these stories is because, you know, I just don't like this dream selling, you know, that people have, where it it looks like we've, everybody has had this amazing life, like things just, you know, happened and... Mm you mushroomed and became this amazing person out of nowhere. Um, but m- mostly for me, and I think it's also so that I don't forget. Yeah. And I know that when I write it down, it's a record for me in terms of like, wow, this is what I went through and this is how I feel. And I, I almost um, in recognition uh, of, of the past that I went through and not forgetting. And, and it's also a part of keeping you pretty humble and connected. Mm. Because you, if you don't forget those hard times, you are unlikely to suddenly think of yourself as uh, somehow, you know, much better than other people. And, and there are certain mistakes you won't make when you're constantly grounded to that level. You won't make the mistake of, um, you know, saying that, yeah, um, you, know, you know, like, I'm sorry, I won't talk to you because uh, I only talk to people from a certain tax bracket. You know, I've heard people say things like this. And I just don't understand how p- 
people can talk like that. And and for me, and I think when I tell my story to myself and share those stories, it just keeps me grounded. It reminds you yeah. who you are. Yeah. And um, is it fair to expect, because my expectation is that people should not be like that. I don't care who you are, how much mm. money you've made, how famous you are, how much screen time you've had in this country, anywhere in the world. I don't know who you think you are. You, we all came out of someone's uterus like mm, the same yeah. way. Mm. I don't know where you get the idea that you can be like that. So my expectation is that you should be the norm. Like the fact that you share your story, you tell your truth, you should be the norm. Is it fair? Is that a fair expectation? Is it fair for me to expect that people are honest? Uh, is it is that a fair expectation that people should post a, a balanced a balanced view of themselves well i i suppose we can't really you know share the same stories or tell tell them the same way and you know some people's journeys take longer you know uh, to reach maybe a certain level of maturity self-awareness and general consciousness and Sometimes it takes, you know, me only ever posting my Louis Vuitton bags, like all the time, you know. And then maybe I get to a certain point in my life, 10 years, 20 years down the line, where I'm like, actually, it's okay for me to actually be honest about other things as well. Mm. And I also think what happens is people tend to, because they think people have certain expectations of them. And even if they want, you know, to say and be honest, they are so afraid of revealing that part because all their lives there's this very particular narrative that they've been showing and and at some point maybe someone just comes out and and they just you know and they they're, they're honest and and also doesn't mean that they're not being honest i think they are being honest about a very particular and specific area mm. yeah i think of their lives and just neglecting all other parts of their lives <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's where I want to establish the line. Yeah. Where, where's the line? Mm. When people post heavy stuff on mm. Instagram, some people will complain. They're just yeah. looking for attention. Mm. When people only post fluff, others will complain that they're so fake. Mm. Well, where's the balance? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's like there isn't. I don't, I don't think there is a balance because it's impossible to make that's everybody actually. You, you I mean, if I posted pictures every morning of... This uh, I woke up like this. You don't follow me, right? <laughs> no one wants to see that. Okay, so the truth about Instagram mm. is we choose what people see and and know about us. Mm. Okay, so you're a master marketer. We know this about you. Award winning. How many awards? <laughs> a lot. A, a lot of things. Uh, a, lot. a lot of things. In the 50s. Like, tell me in three <laughs> words what you decided people will see and know about Kyat Langer. So, so you said. Tell me in, in three words what people, what you decided people will see and know about you. And I know that you yeah. must have thought about this. Well, I, I think when I looked at it so far, and, I look, and then I was like, I wonder what people see when they look at my Instagram. Because someone went and looked at, I don't know, someone was looking at someone's Instagram. They're like, oh, this person's like this and like this. And then I was like, oh, I wonder what people think when they see mine. I think for me it's um, real, uh, informative funny i think those are the three things yeah so and i think those are the three things you'll see you i will either give out information about stuff that i know that i found very interesting that i think more people should know about or i will 
talk about you know my spirituality i'll talk about what i went through or perceptions of views i have in relationships or i will write about you know a bible verse i will uh post you know myself and coachella i'll post <laughs> yes, know. Uh, you know a, a an expensive watch or a car that i've been given or something like that so those things I will do. So I, I try to be as multifaceted as possible because no one is one thing. And then you sneak your girlfriends and they're very yes, subtly. Yes, yeah. well, that's like not a, very subtle, is it? <laughs> no, it's a very like a, what is the word? It's it's not like, you, it's not jarring. Mm. You just very, you infuse them into your timeline. <laughs> but so I've oh. noticed this. So you, you're not shy to like have your, your girlfriends yeah. as part of your life on your yes. timeline. But if you break up with them, you never discuss the breakup. Yes, this is true. So is that like a conscious thing? Because I, I suppose when I start dating them, I also never discuss what, that I am dating them now. <laughs> you never make we it official. Starting to it's not date Instagram official. And, and these are the reasons we are dating. You know, I, I don't do that. And so I want to break up. I, I, I you know, I don't say that, you know, this so, is why we broke up. Besides an official statement on breakups, what else will we never see you post? Uh, What's not our business? Um, I think that I had a lot of things I wouldn't post, but I just, I, I think it's something that I have a, a, a lot, mostly if I have like a moral um, problem with something, I, I, I will not post that. Um, if I have a, um, I don't know what else I wouldn't post, but I think there are a lot of things that I just I wouldn't post. I I can't think what those are right now. But as as many as there are things that I would post, there are many that I wouldn't. <laughs> okay, so we discussed a little bit like you not intentionally you you like to share your story. So the truth is, you do live a good life. Yes. I mean, you've got great friends. I mean, we know you've got like a very solid squad. <laughs> yeah. Um, you travel a lot. I mean, if there's anyone who should be causing Instagram depression, technically it should be you. <laughs> but I find you disgustingly inspiring. <laughs> and, and as I say, I really wish that I didn't. Um, because there's just so much about you I should be jealous of. And I'm just not. Like, I just... It's just everyone's rooting for you to just get bigger and bigger and better and better. Do you really like get a, do you not get a thrill out of inspiring people? I do not. And one of the reasons I don't like that, I always find, for example, um, inspirational speakers uh, a bit oh, of a sham. That's a whole different, that's yeah. a whole different genre. Yeah, and, and I find that a bit of a sham. Um, and... And a lot of the time, people are talking about things they've read about and seen from other motivational speakers and all of that. And it's not your life. And you, it almost feels like you're selling this quick fix bandage to people. And and life is not a quick fix. And it's it's a long struggle. It's a um, and for me, it 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 it's not. No, I I I don't get a thrill out of it. But I I do enjoy it when people get. A positive res when they feel positive I think that's about what I mean. something it's, it's, that it's I mean. rewarding. Yes, it is rewarding. Yeah. So for me, I do enjoy that. Um, but I don't want it to be like a thing, you know, that I feel it's some kind of responsibility that I have. Um, 
because then uh, I'll start having to curate, oh my goodness, what inspiring things should I say yeah, today? Yeah, so you have to try too hard. Uh, yeah, and, and then you start to lose exactly. people. Exactly. And, and I lose myself in the process. Yeah. And, and I think you probably lose yourself before you start losing people. So you do inspire people to steal books. <laughs> I want to talk about that because you know you've you released your third book, yeah. And after the Bible, <laughs> your second book was mm. the most stolen book. Yes, which was very funny. What when is I saw that, that about, Skaya? You know what? It was so. I was shocked. I, you know, one of the things, um, um, Hulisani, uh, uh. I'll never forget. She went to an exclusive books and she said she was looking for my book. She couldn't find it. I was like, what? What do you mean you couldn't find my book? She says, I actually went to the store and then I asked them about the, about the book and they said, oh, they should be here and there, were, there should be like 30 copies or something. No, no, there were 28 copies that were still available. That she morning, that content, gone. All the books are gone. All. So, and, and, and I think it's one of the reasons I think that book was stolen a lot is because a lot of people know, can relate to the story, and they've just never seen the story written in a book form. And I think that's why. And and it also goes to show the hunger people have for books, but they don't have for books that are relatable to them, but they don't have the means to buy the books. It, it's, I mean, it's flattering, but yeah. it's, it's, you know... My royalties are gone. <laughs> so do you know that? So I had a copy of The Youngsters yes. uh, book that you wrote. I had uh, two copies of your second to, book. To the, yeah. And I had the, the you released an extended uh, version. Mm-hmm. All of them were stolen. So not only do you get stolen at the store, the secondhand, wow. the secondhand trade of your that books, is, it's shocking. So they were all funny. stolen off my desk oh, at work. Oh, that is hilarious. So, and one out of my home, come to think of it. <laughs> so um, there's definitely something. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> I think now with this new book, I'm going to ask people to like post your... A stolen uh, copies. No, post your receipts. <laughs> you should also ask people to post their stolen copies. Oh, There's definitely oh. something there. Okay, so you are known to be the king of the caption. Like, mm. I think that is, I know you push for a man crush Monday. I mean, I know that is <laughs> your dream in life. You have 50 awards, you were an author of three books, but you really like your goals is man crush, mm, man Monday, crush Monday to the point that you post your it's own so, your own so man crush it Monday it is so elusive <laughs> that I have to do it myself now please if anyone's <laughs> listening please can you just make Hyatt Langer your man crush Monday so we can put, put this to rest because I can't see any more of his own man crush Monday posts uh, they are quite scary <laughs> so you know him to be the king of the caption you're a wonderful storyteller how much I want to ratio numbers, mm. give me numbers. How much of it is fiction and how much of it is non fiction? Which is? The, how much of it is true and how much of it is false? Like how much in, of it is made up, those in, captions? Well, but some of them are completely ridiculous, like the <laughs> Man Crush Mondays or. No, like um, of your. Come on, like your. Some of your stories. Uh, I mean. I, I guess that's the premise of your new book yeah. as well. Yeah, like, these things really do happen to me. don't seem like they could possibly be true. Some things you think to yourself, come on, come on, Kaya. Wasn't it, wasn't it Mark Twain who said that uh, truth is stranger than fiction? <laughs> like, I can, I can imagine you falling asleep next oh, to Tabo and Becky. I oh. mean... That's, I cringe every time I, see, I think about that. You it's, you were sitting oh, right next God, to him and you fell terrible. asleep at uh, at what it was like a state dinner. No, no, it was just like a normal. 
it was like a a a a discussion he was having with about uh 20 30 young people and i happened to be sitting next to him and you fell asleep while so he was I, talking yes but i mean there was a very good reason why i fell asleep oh, please so the, the share. Reason, so the reason <laughs> i fell asleep was because i went so the night before i went to the cuz i uh, I, the, the then US ambassador I developed a relationship a close relationship with him and his family and some of um, the people who worked with him so there was a party in Pretoria at the embassy at his residence with this residence and I think I got home at about 4 4.30 from Pretoria got home and imagine it was a big party and then I, at 7 in the morning I had to go to a breakfast so it was a friend's <laughs> girl's friend's birthday and got their breakfast immediately after the, the breakfast. He had organized some obstacle course thing that we had to do. So rigorous physical activity for like a good solid two hours and I was sweating. And all. Then I had to go home, shower, pick up my friend Zinga and then go and to Mbeki. And then what was worse is that I just, I wanted to sit comfortably wherever and be okay because, and literally I sat down. And when I sat down, this gentleman comes to me and says, um, excuse me, make sure no one sits next to you. The president is going to sit here. And I panicked immediately. And I, oh. I was like, I was like oh God, I hope I don't reek off alcohol. You <laughs> would think because. the panic would give you a shots of adrenaline and you would not fall asleep. Oh, but yeah. guys, you heard it first. This is not a gram sham. <laughs> hey? He really did fall asleep next to oh. the president. Oh. Only guy had Langer, hey? Yeah, oh, I seem to embarrass myself next. Uh, you know, when it comes to presidents, there's, there's a time where I also spoke to. I was doing a thing for YouTube, so they wanted me to interview Paul Kagame, uh, you know, president of Rwanda, uh, in Rwanda. So I go there and I'm interviewing him, and I turn to the camera, right? I turn to the camera and I say, "Hi, welcome to uh, to YouTube World for You. My name is Kai Langa, and I'm here to interview President Paul Kagame." Of Nigeria. Oh my! (laughs) (laughs) These things really do only happen to you, right? When I think about it, and the you know, is that in your book? There was such yeah, (laughs) there was such a collective in the room. Like everybody, like they all stood at attention, and it felt like they thought I was going to be taken out and be shot. You know. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah, and then but I laughed. I was like, "Oh my, I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. I am." You laughed. So sorry. Yeah, I laughed. You're a special kind of laugh. And then he laughed, (laughs) and everybody relaxed. And then we carried on to the interview. <gasps> oh, oh man! Yeah. So you I, actually now I believe that all your story—it's not—it's not a sham. All your captions are actually true. Oh. Kaya, have you ever found love on Instagram? Have I ever found love on Instagram? I actually found love. I actually found love on Twitter. <laughs> that on does not shock two me. Two occasions, <laughs> and then on. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. We have receipts on this. Too. Can you, are you going to give us Twitter handles? <laughs> uh, you, uh, you already know. <laughs> you know, Poiti. Um, <laughs> yes, we know. And, then, and Priscilla, you know, my yes, most recent ex. So, yeah, I met, I, bo- I met both of them on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and on Instagram, nothing? No, 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 no. No. I want to know what kind of DMs you get, and I'd like you to read some first. <laughs> I'd like you to open your Instagram. I actually get very random. DMs. I'd like you to read the top Which one, three where? DMs. The top three DMs. Maybe you should just hand it to me because I don't. I feel like you're gonna auto edit. Okay, no. Okay, here it's like oh. 
is someone commenting on something I posted. So, or I thought... Oh, no, I don't want to see anything that they've commented on what you've posted. I just want to see some random DMs that people send you. No, I actually, people generally comment. They don't send a no random one DM. No slides into your DM. No, funny enough, I remember literally there was a time when... Jim, you aren't um, anyone's man crush Monday, No, hey? do, do you know what it is? This friend... <laughs> no, no, what, you know what happened? This friend of mine said... Uh, so funny, um, Shaka this one year when he was interviewing me actually on, on, on my book launch, he went, he, he said, give me a phone, took my phone and went, he went on Twitter and went to my DMs to see. And then, and then I was like, I don't get any weird DMs. He, he looked and there was nothing weird at all that I was getting. But then what he said, oh my goodness, the kind of people who DM you. <laughs> that was the only thing that he was, uh, that was shocking, I think, to him. But... This friend of mine, when I said that I don't get any random DMs or women throwing themselves at me, and she said that it's because people, maybe they just don't know how to approach me. And they think, because I'm not entirely predictable, because the one moment I'm funny, the next moment I'm writing something very yeah, serious, quite serious, the next moment I'm commenting on politics. So they, they approach, they, they don't know how to approach me, which, which is, is a good thing. Which is strange also, because I think you're... Instagram persona is so well-rounded. Mm. It's actually a really good reflection of who you are as Do you know what? Person. I don't know if, if that is true. Maybe it's Instagram or Twitter. I don't know. But a lot of the time, I've often met people who would say, I meet them and they're like, oh my goodness, I, at the end of whatever, I thought you were so arrogant, but you are so nice. Really? I, I thought th- you, I were, find... you would be so arrogant. And literally, I don't know how often I've heard that. I find your Instagram persona more so than your Twitter persona. Mm-hmm. I think because your Instagram, you're able to expand more. Yes. So like you, it's very mm-hmm. light mm-hmm. in a way and very funny. Mm-hmm. You're very funny. You find humor in a lot of things. Yeah. Because so, you... I mean, the world is horrible enough. It really is, right? <laughs> I'm very sad that we couldn't find anything in your DMs. <laughs> no, literally, there's nothing in my DMs. Like, nothing. It's actually, it's disappointing. <laughs> it is disappointing. Uh, this is actually, I'm going to, we should delete this whole thing. I don't think we should post this. What is your message to people listening about what they see on Instagram? Uh, you know, my my concern and the reason the Graham Sham came about is there's a lot of false stuff that goes out, fake stuff that goes out onto Instagram. And kids feel a lot of pressure because they're not living up to this unattainable um, fakeness that's out there. They feel inadequate. They feel like they're not enough. Um, and that's why I think it's very positive that there are people out there who do share a well-balanced view of of life. But for the ones that, you know, feel like they're not enough, that they're failing, what do you want to say to them? Um, You know, I think they should look at what people are posting and not assume that that's how they too need to be. And I think I think what you need to what people need to do is to how can I just be true to myself? And I think for me, that is the one thing you need to do. At the same time, on Instagram, there are a lot of people who post certain things because they want to become brands, if you will. And their whole mission in life is so that, like, I want to be an influencer. So I am trying to impress brands. And then when brands see my page, they'll be like, okay, these are the kinds of things that I do. And therefore, then they will pay me because of that. And I think I think people post on Instagram in various ways for whatever reasons. And I have the luxury of, even though maybe I have you know a, a lot of followers, is that I don't need to impress brands. 
Mm. Um, if a brand comes to me and they want me to do something, <clears throat> I have a fee that I have. And um, I literally, I, I say no 90% of the time when I'm asked, you mm. know, by a brand to do something because a lot of the time I don't believe in the thing yeah. or I, I don't use the product. Um, it's I mean, land. It's, yeah. it's just that, and but I do have the luxury because I've got a, a, a reasonably well-paying job. Yeah. So I don't need to compromise in order to impress some brands. Yeah. That's good advice. Mm. I think you should follow Kaya Dlanga. <laughs> Please make him your man crush Monday. Please buy his book. Don't mm. steal it. <laughs> These things really do happen to me. That's the book. <laughs> they really, really, really do. Kaya, thank you. I appreciate you coming and talking to us. You're a great role model. I really, really, really am going to try and hate you. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> but in the meantime, I like that I like you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, yeah. Gaia. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Graham Sham podcast series with me, Joe Lurie.